Manor. Hello, welcome to Tet Manor Podcast. It's episode seven of the 23-24 season. Uh, three games to go through today. We've got Wigan away, Wickham at home and Lincoln away. Uh, we'll look ahead to Leighton Orient and touch on some of the cup games coming up. Uh, the classic lineup today, you've got me, James. John, hi John, how you doing? I'm good. I'm, uh, I feel like we're all not looking at each other to avoid, to avoid getting, uh, getting the giggles <laughs> and ruining the intro again, but I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, we, we got a lot less listens on the last podcast. I think a lot of people just fell out fell out of it, but you know. Um, John, I, I was thinking about this. You, you've been to the last two Tuesday night games, and I think on the last pod or one of the recent pods, Connor was talking about you not getting to games. Did he get in your head? No, but I was looking forward to reminding him about it. So thank you for that tee-up that we didn't pre-arrange before the podcast, <laughs> which we didn't actually do that. Didn't actually pre-arrange it. <laughs> no, but I'm glad you did. Well done, yeah. John. I'm really proud of you. If it's, well if it's Tuesday night and it's not involving the M62, I'm just not there. There you go. Connor, you all right? Yes, mate, I'm all right. Thank you. You seen uh, Brannigan in Tesco's this week? Nah, not this week. I've... Uh... No. He's back in the squad now, isn't he? So he's he's not he's not patrolling around Tesco's anymore. So he's so. not eating or drinking. It's not the evening fan. To be fair, to be fair, from the way he looks after his illness, I think he does need to eat and drink a bit more. He's lost some weight. Has he? Yeah. All right. Good yeah. good weight spotting. Yeah. Um, looks a bit looks shaming. skinny, I'm sure. Jack, you've been getting sun kissed <laughs> sun kissed in Mallorca, Jack. How you doing? Uh less sun kissed, more fat, I think, really. Okay. Did, were you doing any scouting on behalf of the club out there? Uh, I did think about going to the Mallorca game on Saturday, but it was cheapest ticket was fifty euros, so I left it. What? Are they back in? They're in La Liga again, aren't they? Yeah, fifty euro. Their stadium looks horrendous. They were also playing Getafe. You have Mason Greenwood, and I decided I didn't want to pay to see him play. So yeah, fair. Um, that you might have found the next Samueletto if you went to see them. It's a shame. Anyway. Um, should we get on to news, guys? We've got a nice diverse news section this week, but no fascinating injury <laughs> update section. <laughs> um, Jack uh, Emilio Martinez, Emiliano Martinez, is the uh, 2023, uh, whatever the <laughs> the goalkeeper trophy of the year is called, as part of the Ballon d'Or ceremony. Um, I don't think we've trophy. had that many. We haven't had that many Ballon d'Or winners, type thing, have we? No, I that's, don't think we've... I assume, no, I assume nothing. Yeah. Who's next? No one. Um, of the current crop. Kieran Brown. Stan Mills. McGuane. McGuane. Negru. McGuane. Negru. Centre backs would always win awards. like Cannavaro Especially the goalkeeper award. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, to be fair, to be fair, James, James Beadle might be on for it. That's actually true, isn't it? So, isn't it? Yeah, the, there know. was a point last night where I looked. I remember saying to John and George, just going like, "He is just a different class, isn't he? For the ages, is. that it's nuts. It is absolutely is. nuts." There was also yeah. a moment though where like he made a save and like person next to us like celebrated, like, "Wow, what a save!" And you and I both looked at him and went, "Cameras." Yeah. Um. In other news, uh, Michaela Strachan was in the stand with Timmy Mallet at Wickham at home. Um, Connor, do you remember Michaela Strachan? Do you have any idea who that is? I know the name. She's been on telly or something. She really wild show. She does, yeah. She does something to do with 
nature. That's about all I know about her, to be honest. You're not asking the right person here. I We're obviously going to get onto the referee, but I tweeted her through the pod account asking her um, if she could compare the refereeing performance um, to an animal of choice, and she didn't come back to us. And I thought that would be a great bit for the pod. Yeah. I mean, but it was ruined. Michaela ruined it. She could be a good shout for the um, 100th episode. Michaela Strachan. (laughs) (laughs) What episode is this? 99. 99. Oh, no. I feel like we should have been building up to good quality podcasts to hit the 100th. I don't know. We'll see. Have we got worse or better since the original episodes? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway... Uh, in other news, John Joey Barton sacked from Rovers. That's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah, that's just sort of world karma coming together. And he didn't seem to be sort of like there didn't seem to be any of the usual like someone sticking up for him. It was just I was, I was a bit. It seemed Jack to divide their fan base a bit though, didn't it? Mm. I don't know if you guys saw it, but on t- even on Twitter, if you just went on the post, you had a very mixed lots of thank yous, lots of don't understand why we've done this. I think. Yeah, you had a mixed opinion in terms of was it the right decision at this moment, but I think the whole football community, including Bristol Rovers fans, united together to confirm that he's a prick. So there was one decent outcome from it. <laughs> mm. Well said, Jack. I just wonder what he does next, I guess. He's still got a promotion on his CV. Hopefully and, they played... and never steps foot anywhere near a football stadium ever again, right. hopefully. They played good stuff against. I, I'm still surprised by that, to be honest. But he is a prick. So, I mean, to be fair, with it with his history, I'm surprised he can be employed. To be honest, but we won't go into that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Straight on to the football then. Wigan away. John, you were you were there in the stands. Um, was he? Were you there? John was there. Yeah. John, no. Always gets to the games. Are John? Oh Christ! <laughs> God, about time. John. Thanks, Connor. Uh, John, first 15 minutes of this game, we look like Barcelona, circa 2002. I was finish, finishing frothing at Connor's uh, <laughs> unsolicited attack. Um, yeah, we started the game incredibly. And I remember what I was watching this on iFollow and I was just thinking, we will not have a problem getting over the line this game. This is not the, one of the Wigan sides that we've seen in recent years where it's like max power destroying us. And type. We just looked yeah. dominant. Absolutely brilliant. Like McGuane was like running the show like to a higher level that we've even seen above his levels in recent games. And actually like we were we were getting into the final third and not all right, not loads and loads of clear cut work in the keeper, but actually quite a lot of you know, half decent chances and not every chance can be like shooting the hitting the keeper or making them save. And it just felt really good. Rodriguez was buzzing around. Um but yeah, but then the whole sort of, if you look at the three of the games, I sort of think the Wigan performance and the whole point is actually a lot of con- quite concerning actually. But that, that first 20 minutes was like, yeah, settle back. This is going to be a great away day. Yeah. And they, they got the goal on a break and you could freeze frame it at one point And it looked like we had five defenders surrounding one player and the fact that he managed to kind of drive through. And then I think Beadle was maybe a little bit, if you, yeah, getting some nods from Jack yeah, and Connor. But, uh, so Beadle, so I'll let the other guys talk about Beadle, but there's something about the centre-backs for a lot of the game. They seem to just, against their strikers, particularly Humphreys, their main number nine, 
they seem to all game want to go in really tight, really aggressive, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But quickly, like multiple occasions, they weren't winning the ball and just getting either turned or rolled. And they just, Brown for the goal is too late trying to do that. And then Moore, quite a few times throughout the game, was constantly trying to sort of really just go in aggressive and just try and, if he didn't win the ball first time, it just didn't work and he'd get sort of rolled or spun off. And actually a lot of the defence, in fact, all of them particularly, are not picking yeah, Long was at fault for a not at fault, but caught out position a lot of times. And the whole defence as, as in itself really wasn't very good at all. Yeah. Beadle, Jack? Um, I think if that had been Simon Eastwood, he'd have been crucified on Twitter. It was a poor... Yeah, for me, it, it, it wasn't in the corner. He seemed slow to react. And despite that, he got enough on it to stop it for me. So it's it's one in the error column for him. Um but he's happens. got a bit of credit still, hasn't he? Well, think, yeah, and, and it, it, it happens, happens, doesn't it? it? You're yeah. gonna you're gonna concede that kind of goal every so often, even if you're Emiliano Martinez. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and then second half, Connor, in this game, it kind of fell away a little bit. We kind of lost a bit of structure. We weren't really as um, threatening in an attacking sense, and the game just seemed to kind of fizzle out. And then that second goal was just a it was a free kick, wasn't it? I think we had one at the other end with Rodriguez like five minutes earlier and then they had a carbon copy and just put it straight in. Yeah, I mean, I think when the when Callum Lang steps to the free kick, you could just see that it was going to be nestled and it was a fantastic free kick. So, um, you know, all credit all credit goes to him for that for that goal. I do think, um, I think again, the substitutes, similar to what it was with Blackpool, were rather ineffective, those that came on. I mean, it was nice to see Gorin back on the pitch. Yeah, getting a, getting a yellow know. card, obviously. Yeah, yeah, habitual yellow card, like nothing changed. Yeah. <laughs> He's never been away. To, to be fair, though, it was because Moore had like stupidly passed the ball to their player. So, yeah, Gorin. I mean, we all like take yeah, one. had a chuckle when he mm. when it happened, and the the yeah. Gorin chant came instantly out the moment he came on the pitch. It was so nice. Alex um, Rodriguez. Yeah, it's a shame he can't like as a player. They all have to be professional. They can't be like, yeah, <laughs> this is this is cool because <laughs> like it must have been like so heartwarming to to hear for him to hear that. Oh, nice. Yeah, but and yeah, then fortunately the the subs were still ineffective again in this game, and I I, I do think that Gorin kind of was almost kind of stitched up with his own sub- with, with his substitution because you know we were trying to affect the game and trying to kind of potentially impose ourselves with the last kind of 10-15 minutes of the game to try and get something out of it but Gorin's not that type of player who's going to come on and do that and I think you, you saw a few times where he gave the ball away in midfield for some loose passes so I think you know Gorin's really not that impact player I think we, we miss Brannigan dearly yeah. in this game really, I, I... really noticeable we we had Bowden and Murphy came on alongside Gorin, and then Odonka came on. It was noticeable, Jack, that Odonka ran a bit more, a bit quicker uh, in this one than he did at Blackpool when he came off the bench. Um, well, he'd have had to gone some way to run even less. Um, but yeah, <laughs> subs-wise, sub I didn't really understand the Gorin change. I know Rodriguez looked a bit le- leggy, but... He, he's never a player you bring on when you're one nil down chasing the game, is he? No. End of point there. I don't. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I think um, McGuane still looked like the best player on the park for a good part. He even had a couple of shots, which was incredible. Two in one game, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, left foot and right, and right foot. Yeah. 
second half one was miles out as well. It was decent, drew a save. Um, the thing that I wanted to ask, and we'll touch on it with some of the other games, Goodrum and Harris keep on being a discussion point pre and post game, whereby, especially in this, it's kind of sometimes it feels like the game is happening around him and he's not kind of, I can't really think of a better way to explain it. Um, but he's not, he, he doesn't feel like he's kind of integrated within the game. He was a bit better at moments last night at Lincoln. But the disparity between when Mills came on, I know we're jumping around the games, but we do this, don't we? But Mills came on, obviously, for long. And suddenly all of our attacking play last night for at least kind of first half was down the right-hand flank. And there was such an imbalance between Stevens and Mills versus Lee and um, and Goodrum down the left. And you can mm. see it actually in some of the stats on FootMob and stuff in the heat maps and things um, is reflected there as well. But... I just don't think he's, I just don't think he's suited to that sort of one of two tens role behind Harris. And I think, yeah. and we'll move on to Harris because I think there's a lot more nuance in the different performances we've seen from Harris over the three games, which you know gives enough hope there. But for me, Goodrum like he doesn't seem to sort of quite know how he's playing that position. Rodriguez has obviously kind of got even more of a free role. And as to your point, he's not pulling out left to sort of find the width. He's he's having the odd little moment, but he's leaving a lot of kind of disorganisation and he gets away with it because he does have some good, does create some good shooting moments. He like can in, be tidy, can't he? Yeah. That's the thing. Some against, of his touches are tidy. Against Wigan, he was very unlucky not to score. He had one shot that was one of those where you could see it was going inside the post, but it got blocked. Um, he then had another one where the keeper, uh, sorry, a defender came across and just yeah. about stopped him from like putting it yeah. in. Last night at Lincoln, he had that one where the keeper pulled off a great save from the edge of the area. So if he scores a goal, it's all a bit different, but I think it's causing issues and it's causing problems for Harris, who doesn't, I don't think knows what Goodrum and to a degree yet with Rodriguez is necessarily going to be done. Um, it's in, it's interesting with both of them because they both had standout performances, Harris, Derby, and then who did Goodrum get a brace against? Barnsley. No, yeah, it's was. not true. It was. Is it true? It's no. Barnsley, wasn't it? No, he came on as a sub and scored at the end at Barnsley to make it 3-1. Oh. But he got a brace at home. Jack, I'm, I'm just wait. I'm just trying to feel and speak slowly until you tell me who it was where it was anyway the point is i think um they both have kind of ridden off some of those games and you kind of want to see a bit more consistency i I do think they both got it in them um and definitely with harris i feel like he's got to persist goodrum needs to take this chance whilst edwards and brown aren't fit do you know what i mean they're both potential starters aren't they we were talking about this last night but if edwards and brown are both there then and goodrum you know, at this moment in time, isn't taking his chance. It was Charlton, by the way. Charlton. <laughs> there you go. I thought you looked right, chuffed. Then you looked like you were you were celebrating your being correct, and you weren't. No, no, I wasn't correct. I was That's totally fine. wrong. John, do you That's want to fine. say anything? Do you want to I, rub I anything in? Celebrate Connor being wrong. <laughs> yeah, sort of a feud. <laughs> um, every 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 ten minutes, one of us will have a pop at the other one all through the pod. <laughs> Just to wrap up, Wigan, we'll go on to Wickham. Talk about freaking Seb, whatever his face, Stockbridge, and friends. Um, 
can can we just make sure at some point in this that we return to the Harris discussion because I do think there's oh, we'll, a lot we'll, to unpack with Harris. I think. Yeah, we'll get we'll get on to Harris. I think I think, yeah, I think in with the Wigan Harris performance is probably I think the least one to focus on because mm. collectively the whole team was sort of malfunctioning. The, the formation didn't seem to work against Wigan. He didn't sort of. I don't think the Harris one against Wigan is. He was doing a lot of things like coming short for layoffs and not staying yeah. in the middle of the box and yeah. some of that kind of stuff. But for me, it's. I think the other two we're about to talk about are more important. Yeah, the only thing with Wigan because afterwards I, I was quite frustrated with that. I think a lot of people were. They they had lo- I know that they had the points deduction, but they had lost six in eight coming into that game. So they were they were on a poor run of form, not great results going into that, and I guess that was the worrying thing. But I do we we don't dwell too much, and that's why having three games to talk through helps at times. We can kind of lift ourselves up from a defeat to a draw to a win. Um, Wickham then um, wasn't quite the Ainsworth side, Jack, that we have seen before. There was still. I guess some similarities in how direct they were, but it wasn't the same type of football that we'd seen from them. Um, again, we seem to dominate them for the most part and definitely deserve to be going in at halftime 1-0. But what was your general impression on Wickham's performance, first of all? That's, I'm just looking at their team again now. It's such a random mix of players um, compared to kind of the style they've been used to. You know, Jacobson, I don't know if he was on the bench, but he didn't start and he's kind of been... He wasn't even on the bench for him, actually. I I I was trying to work out where he was. Exactly. And you almost hand in hand go, oh, we're playing Wickham, right, Jacobson. And we said (laughs) in the last pod, oh, Wacken Fenway. And it it takes a little bit of getting used to. I know they've still got McCleary and a couple of others, but as you say, it wasn't wasn't complete Wickham of old under Ainsworth. There was some elements of trying to play some quite nice football. And actually... I thought their front two gave us not necessarily problems, but they made us think about things a lot more than perhaps we've normally done. Yeah. Um, but I think this is another game that McGuane, well, we keep, we're saying this every game this season, aren't we? McGuane is showing why he's had the clubs he's had on his career history so far. And he's starting to prove that he's A, the player we thought he was after that loan spell, B, that playing, playing him as that defensive midfielder last year hasn't channeled him off down the corridor and actually we're starting to see um, what I tag as the Huddleston and Schumark clause of his... Um, his... You weren't involved in that one, were you, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't oh, pick uh... a player if it was a mile off. <laughs> Our, um... At least I get close to him, John, you don't. Well, you don't need to get as close as you do. Barely I, usually get, I get pretty close to Brannigan and Tesco's. <laughs> right. <laughs> the um children the goal the goal the goal we scored in this was um another great we've had a a few decent goals haven't we but another really good team goal uh where rodriguez ends up no it was mcguain that ends up cutting it back for yeah rodriguez to bury it it was a bit weird you couldn't really see from the angle where the camera was what kind of happened to the ball but it went in and that's what's important um but then we start to get onto the the monstrosity of the refereeing performance from this point in time. So one nil up, I mean, you're kind of thinking, let's go on from here, let's get the second. And Harris plays in, um, sorry, Harris is played in, isn't he? And that was the first thing where 
the ref didn't play the advantage. And I've no, I honestly, no one in there, no one can explain that, can they? It happens so quickly. No one can even really see the foul. And he's blown up as the ball is getting played in for a guy that's clean through. Instantly, you're starting to go, ooh. <laughs> You've heard things about this ref. This is the same ref where, was it the Bolton keeper flew yeah. out at Carl Joseph last year? Um, nowhere near playing the ball and didn't get sent off. Same guy. So yeah, you're straight away starting to feel a bit hard done by, um, and then we had the the moment of um, it was first half, wasn't it, when the hand potential handball was that would have been a penalty. So that that was before yeah. the yeah. Harris clean through. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this is the thing, isn't it, with this particular, um, you know, refereeing performance is that. It, it really just underlined the total lack of consistency that occurs across the EFL in general, but particularly his performance where, you know, that was a penalty and so was Marcus McGuane's. They're both penalties, but don't give one and then not give the other. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the only scenario where, I was saying this to John last night, but where two wrongs, I think, actually make a right. Like once you haven't given the first, I just, you can't, I think ours McGuane's handball is slightly worse. It looks worse. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's close Look. it's close enough that both times the ball is running towards the you know, the attacking player. The player, yeah. So it's like there's there's just not enough difference in it. Um I was absolutely it's one of them where I slept on it, woke up and was more pissed off the next morning. <laughs> I don't know, Jack, what your general thoughts were on it, but well, it's, 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 yeah, it's to Connor's point, it's the consistency element of it. And I bet you could show those two incidents to every single referee who's on the kind of list, so to speak, and you'd want them to all come to the right decision. But we've seen enough times this season and the past couple of seasons that it just seems completely potluck of when they're going to give something as handball or not. There was a few in the World Cup where there's the whole line given about if you're sliding to block a shot and supporting your own body weight and it, you can't or can be given handball or whatever. I mean, McGuane slipped, so you go, you know, does that go against him, go for him? Didn't, doesn't seem to matter. The, it, it's just a mess. Yeah. He, 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 I, don't, I don't know how, as a referee, he can look back and go, oh, well, the one I gave then was way more a penalty than the one I didn't give because they were pretty much the same incident. It, it was nuts. And everyone, it just started to make a mockery of things. And then um, before, actually, before before we get on to the second half stuff, um, this is a Mark Harris jump back. I know we want to talk about Harris, but he was played through, wasn't he, on the right-hand mm-hmm. side. And there's been a few moments this season with Harris where he has been played through midway in like the opposition half, just bearing down on the keeper. I think it was Blackpool at home yeah, as well, he wasn't he? Almost yeah. too lovely. Part, yeah, right, like, like exactly perfect. It was Rodriguez assist again, wasn't it? Running down the middle, just kind of side footed it wide. Looked like he was in control of it. But this was kind of a bit similar. And sometimes it gets. I, I feel like that pressure and that composure to be able to kind of finish those chances off. You don't. You can't keep missing them, can you? No, it's, I f- I feel like with a little bit more a little bit more confidence, which I hope he does gain, whether that's through training or whether it is through netting any type of goal. Um, in situations like that, I feel like he, he has the ability to go around people, you know, go around the goalkeeper. You know, he he, go, he does run at such pace off those kind of 
intricate balls that play through to him because he is he is a, a fast player and does does peel off and does hold yeah. some good positions when he stays more central. And this goes back to the point that I was going to make about Wigan is that he found himself wanting, he wanted the ball. He was moving around too much, if anything. It reminded me a little bit of like Harry Kane when Harry Kane goes looking for the ball. But the difference is, is Harry Kane's got A, much better ability on the ball, but B, has players further up the pitch that went, goes beyond him. But Harris didn't have that. So when Harris goes looking, he disappears from the game. But I think when he genuinely sits in between centre-backs, rolls off them, plays into space from passes from um, particularly Rodriguez, he's a more effective striker. But you just you do just feel that he needs that he needs that finish, just one or two, and I do think it will come good for him. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still I'm totally, totally, totally against some of the people who rang into um, Radio Oxford after the Wickham game and were berated him and saying that, you know, we're not gonna win anything with him up front and or give O'Donker a chance and all this. I just don't agree with that. At no, all. I don't. I, I, don't I, I think, I think Harris has got the attributes to be a very good striker. I just think it will it will come at some point. And I'm 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 backing him to be honest with you. How, how long, John? How long do you think he? How, like, do you Manning? I expect we'll give him till January, and then we're probably mm. going to be back in the market. Given what nearly happened with Jack Marriott, we we heard so. I think you buy a striker regardless. Yeah, yeah. In January, I do agree with that. Um, agree with that. That's what any other team that was seeking to get promoted, if they're in, let's Absolutely. say, a similar position in January, regardless of whether they had another striker who was reasonably on form. So it's kind of <laughs> blasted over your question, but I think it was. I think we're seeing the player we kind of signed, which was he would, yeah, got all the attributes, gets in all the right positions. There's clearly a connection with the players, some of the players behind him, like Bowden Rodriguez, who can put him through. Um, he just sort of, yeah, ends up in a halfway house sometimes, has a bit too much time, possibly. Um, we saw more of him last night with his back to goal, and he actually did yeah. quite well holding it up. Like the ball, there was a few times where the ball was played to him, and you're thinking he wasn't spinning off, he wasn't, it was getting played to him, he was managing to hold it up, and a couple of times he put Mills in. In really good positions, um, I, but I remember saying to you, John again, Lincoln at uh, Lincoln second half, he was kind of like Mil- Mills looks really purposeful when he's he's pointing about where he wants the ball played sometimes over the top. With Harris, I can't see, I don't see that. I know what you mean, Connor. Like Lincoln was quite opposite; he wasn't necessarily coming in to all these places to collect the ball. But I also didn't see him making all of the runs or really working the centre backs to kind of create space to then point where he wants it and it might have just been the nature of how we were playing but um you kind of I don't know maybe it was just how Lincoln was set up that didn't work he does have that challenge of he's I think he's played he's playing up against three every time and you've got yeah Rodriguez and Goodrum who are dropping off to try and get on the ball so he's got to basically try and if they dropped quite deep then he's got to sort of try and stand up against them and that's not where he wants to be. He always wants to get in behind, which is why it was um, frustrating against Wigan in the first half that he wasn't getting more joy in behind because they were very high at the pitch. Teams are dropping back quite a lot against us. He's in the box and hopefully, to Connor's point, he gets a couple of goals and then he just goes on a run. We, We were talking and laughing about how Manning completely declared him as a confident didn't Harris even come out and say I'm a confidence mm. player I'm only good when I'm confident in so many words yeah. I'm paraphrasing but 
I thought he was excellent last night against Lincoln, I have to say. I think he, he really showed the type of player he is when he doesn't if he's not gonna score a goal, then I'm happy for him to contribute the way he did yesterday. He's a grafter, isn't he? That's what we knew about gra- him before he came. He he is an excellent pressing forward and I don't think anyone can can disagree with me because you look at the way the angles that he does when he presses the ball he really showed that last night with the way he forced some passes into particular channels and we won the ball back quite high up a number of times yesterday on the high press so that's down to the first trigger player which is him um and i also think his help his hold up play and the amount of times he won the ball you know in a in a duel with the center back yesterday when beadle would play long or a few players would clip it forward i thought he did excellently yesterday so you know, yes, he might not be the player putting the ball in the back of the net at the precise moment, but some of the other things he brings to the game are things that you know yeah, you can't you can't you can't look away from. You have how, to praise him for that. How long, Jack? Can we? When you look at, I heard, I forget who I heard making this point the other day, but when you look at the League One top scorers and you got Devante Cole on eleven, Alfie May mm. on eleven. Jordan Rhodes on nine, Colby Bishop nine. Lots of very predictable strikers up there that you would have expected to be up there. And we're kind of in that state where, again, Harris's best goal return was, what, three in a league season, albeit he's not getting the same amount of minutes. But to kind of to John's point, it's inter- it's going to be interesting to see what level of striker we're bringing in in January if we are going to, well, you expect us to do that, but it's going to be interesting to see the, the quality of that that player. Yeah, I mean, just on the Harris debate, I don't think I'm overly surprised by how he has been for us thus far. Like, he's never really had a run of games in his career where he's the sole number nine with the focus on him to be that man scoring goals. You know, he's only scored, as you just said, the maximum of three in 30-odd games, you know, in in his best season. So I'm not overly surprised. And it's kind of well publicised that we were looking for a striker throughout the back end of the window. I expect that to continue in January. But to your point about look at the top scorers and they're all who'd expect, well, we'll not sign any of them for cheap. So then you're probably back in gamble territory or picking someone up from the league above who's not got minutes, which equally is a gamble. And that's that. I mean, January is always a gamble with most players you sign, but especially strikers, because, you know, with Charlton are not going to let someone like Alfie May go. You're not going to sign, you know, a Hoskins from Northampton without parting with a lot of cash so it's a bit of a roll of the dice in January but then it is I want us to get that Langstaff guy from Notts County mm-hmm. statement he, signing just do that he, I'll he be happy a, then he signed a new contract there didn't he this year so yeah, that's and be, he's, uh, he's not coming it's, yeah. it's just to protect them it's fine we'll be alright he'll like Oxford we'll just bankroll them shall we we'll just go Paul Mullen like four million bring in the documentary be fine no thanks <laughs> um just back to Wickham then. So they obviously got that duplicate penalty. This time it was given one all. We we generally seem to do better that second half than other pre- more recent second half performances. We kind of kept the fitness levels, the momentum going. That second penalty. Connor, where were you at on this one? Me and John are on different sides to this when we were kind of talking about it. But the, the second Wickham pen. Yeah, well, with Beadle. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I saw it live happen in front of me, I absolutely lost my head that he gave it because, as the uh, as one of the one of the guys on BBC Oxford rightly pointed out, the um, the football was in another postcode by the time that you know we got <laughs> enjoyed that. It was anywhere near that. So watching it back, and I looked, at, I watched it on the EFL highlights, and I've watched it back since. 
oh, it's so minimal. It's so minimal. If it was the other way around, that's how I was yeah, thinking about yeah, it. If it's the other way around, you're going yeah. right. But then, but then that's also the beauty of football and bias and all the rest of it that we have because... Yeah, I I think it would I think it's harsh and it's 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 harsh but then equally what I'm going to say is that if you were a referee in the position that he was in watching it you'd give it because you just automatically assume that you know oh the player's been clipped and he's gone down and the goalkeeper's rushed out and you know it's just a typical one of those isn't it, it those you still see where the ball given. is though like they're all yeah I know but they're always given though aren't they those penalties I was livid when it happened but then looking back now I'm like he's like the way he, the way he falls the where the ball is it it's kind the, of the, fabricated their player their player turned it into a penalty for me exactly, I think yeah. I think yeah. where the ball goes how he throws sure. himself down is. I'm the not thing. sure the ball point's too relevant when it's a keeper making a challenge because if the keeper's making a challenge, he's got to take the ball, not the man. As soon as he has any slight touch on the man, he's in trouble, regardless of whether it's on the penalty mm. spot, the corner of the box, wherever. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree that's a good way to frame it, though, because I just felt that he won. It was like one of them where the guy won the penalty. He really left something in to make sure he had a connection. He was taken. He was put down. Sounds a little Probably bit like than for ours. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, was, yeah. We'll that was just laugh, laugh out loud well, when that was given. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agreed with the people calling in saying like there was not much celebration because yeah, it I just felt, it felt hollow, yeah. didn't it? It felt at that it point did. it was like Seb Stockbridge has just completely fucked this game up completely, yeah. and Wickham are pissed off. We're pissed off. Yeah. Um, it just, it was a mockery of a game. And it was a, I, yeah. I remember because I, I took one of my friends, um, one of my friends from Belfast who has, has moved over to London. He came with me to the game um, and sat next to me. And he's been to one Oxford game before and we drew. And we uh, obviously went into this game and we ended up drawing. But but when we got the penalty awarded, he, he was like jumping and like kind of grabbed me and was like, come on, like that. And I was, that's the day. And I was like, this is, it's farcical. It's an absolute farcical game of football. <laughs> yeah. And it was literally entirely framed around one person. And unfortunately, that one person didn't actually have a coloured shirt on. Like, he didn't play for a team. He was just... Who was he, Connor? I don't know what you're it, talking about. It was, it, was, it was Seb Stockbridge. <laughs> it was him. And it was just... Oh, yeah, it was a real farce of a game. And I'm just glad that Brannigan did score. Because... It, it was a high-pressure be... pen, that, as well, wasn't it? it? Was. Fair play and, to Brannigan. And... And Brannigan admitted it was as well, didn't he? At the end, he said he actually felt a bit of pressure for once um, in a post-match interview. But yeah. it was just, it was. I'm glad that he scored it because it was just like, oh, do you know what? Just finish a this point. game and we'll, we'll yeah. get away with a yeah. point. And do you know, what? just, just, I don't want to look at this game ever again because it's just one of those that that will just irritate you every time you go back to it. And I, I feel, I feel for the referee assessor because he must have a hell of a lot of paperwork to do off the back of that, especially with the Liam Manning sending off as well which we haven't touched upon. The fact that Liam Manning has never received a card, let alone a red card in his entire career, goes Oh yeah. For me goes to goes to show that whatever he said supposedly on the touchline was clearly not as bad as what you hear from other managers. Yeah. I mean I'm, I very, I'm very disappointed, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Uh, John, it was your pre-season prediction that Manning would pop his top and uh get angry at one point. Yeah. I'll yeah. just, How do you feel? I'll, do, I'll take. What, what I'll does take John win on that as well? Shall I? Well, I'll be in the lead yeah. for the rest of the season because I think all your your, your other predictions were uh, 
Mine was about um, someone in the squad getting glazing from Bangkok glass. I think. <laughs> I think that's already happened. I'll have no, to follow no, we'll up. Never know. Say proof or it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other point in the notes that I do, we might get onto a bit with the Lincoln game as well, is just actually putting away chances from open play did feel like a bit of a concern. And even with Lincoln, obviously, we got the... So Kieran Brown obviously scores the header. Um, we get a, a lot of luck with... <laughs> the Mills has got... He's already got a couple of cross goals, hasn't he? Barnsley away. That was Barnsley. And um, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then obviously last night uh which is fine i'm happy with that george who was with us was drastically searching for danny mills again in the stands couldn't see him <laughs> lots of bold men it was hard to work out which one was danny um but yeah i do i do think it's something to be to be conscious of but you know maybe we'll just see how we get on in the next few weeks it's Hopefully, just it's ebbing, yeah. ebbing and flowing a bit because against wigan there were i thought some reasonable chances Shots taken, Wiccan probably not not a lot at all. Lincoln, a burst, pretty strong burst for like the second half of the first half, and then maybe you can argue in the second half we were just managing the game so well and sucked the tempo out of it that we almost thought, well, we don't even need to really try and get score more once we've got two. But it is kind of it's not asking for like a chance every two minutes, but it's still sort of. We're still retaining the ball very well, but not at times moving it into the final third. But at times it's still not possession in the right part of the pitch. Yeah, no. we we so let's go on to Lincoln then properly. But it was a great away performance in the the goal came at a good time. Kieran Brown was absolutely sublime and more. And John, we were saying, weren't we? That I think, I remember you saying at half time they're just and actually JB who we we were with was saying. Lincoln seemed to just be going for the long ball into the box and crossing from deep. And Moore and Brown were just answering everything. And he, Lee was doing the same, contributing to defensive headers second half. But we were just mopping everything up. And, I was um, very I think... surprised at Lincoln's tactics. After the first, 15, the first 15 minutes, I thought they were actually good, imposing. Using Pressing their spa- high, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, using their spare man to great advantage. Our midfield was being pushed back so deep effectively being marked by their strikers. Um, but then as the game went on, and obviously the formation change helped with Long, unfortunately, going off, they just seemed to only have that sort of ball from deep. And um, it just kind of, yeah, fell into our hands, really. Yeah. Long going off, Jack, how does that make you feel? Well, I was at the Derby game, so when I got that tweet through saying that he'd gone off after less than 10 minutes, you kind of go, right, here's another another challenge in play for Manning to deal with. But clearly, well, in hindsight, wonderful thing. Clearly it paid off. But again, it's another good tactical switch but by Manning. And we've seen that over a few games this season now that he's not afraid to make changes Yeah, yeah. You know, Con- against, against how he started the game. And Connor, Finn Stevens was one of the best players on the pitch, wasn't he? Yeah. Totally. That's what I was going to say when you were talking about Brown and Moore winning every header. Well, I think Finn Stevens dealt with those um, direct crossball passes they were playing towards their towards their left sided player, particularly yeah. in the second half. He dealt with nearly every single one of them. He was excellent, and I 
Personally, I think I think Sam Long's probably been one of the one of the worst players this season. If I'm going to be brutal and point out an individual who I don't think yeah. stepped up every who, who's been consistent enough, Sam Long's not been consistent enough. Um, I think defensively he is pretty sound, but I just think on the ball, I just don't think he's particularly good enough. He gives the ball away so much, and particularly when I watch him at home, because obviously he's for at least one of the halves, he's he's quite close to me as a spectator on the on the you know in the stands. I, I notice it far more, and he he, he irritates me so much. Um, Long, Long and Stevens doesn't, doesn't seem to work as a, no, it if, doesn't. If we're playing no. the, the wing backs thing, and Stevens, yeah. I mean, I think Stevens can play as a wing back, and clearly he's got a good touch in the final third. He can he can cross really well. He doesn't get into the position enough at the moment, but he can really cross that sort of whipped ball across the box kind of We saw it thing. at Stevenage, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, I away, think yeah. I think Stan Mills has been doing a really good job of playing on that kind of right side and operating as either like I say either a an out and out winger like he kind of did last night. But equally when he's been playing that you know that kind of wing back role, I think I think he's done pretty well to be fair to him, apart from that one game where he got the red card, obviously got rescinded. But so, I, not because we're having like running beef during this podcast that everyone's no doubt finding hilarious, except us. us um, yeah. um, <laughs> I disagree. I think Mills in this sort of practically out and out winger last night against Lincoln, I thought he was excellent. Like, you know, the, probably his best performance for us potentially. But when he's played that sort of withdrawn wing back role, He's looked pretty uncertain. Like the point I didn't make about Wigan was that Mills constantly got the ball and didn't look like he quite knew what he was needed to do, and he wasn't driving on with enough certainty. And whereas if you put him on that right wing position against Lincoln, he was constantly calling yeah. for it, constantly. He won winning. so many headers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So winning weird. So many headers, and he was just looked very attuned to the position. Um, he can do it. He can kind of hold his own at wing back. I'm not completely disagreeing. I think he's. I think he's just got enough about him to be able to be coached to be able to play that position if he needs to be that's the kind of yeah. my point I'm getting at is I think he's got the right attitude and he has the attributes in the sense that he's a he's a solid runner and I think he's like I say he, he's willing to do the defensive side of play as well but I think this is still detracting from our core point which I think was Sam Long going off injured and I think that the, the changes that were made in the Lincoln game swung the game in our favour to be yeah, honest with, yeah. with him going off really so did. actually I think that the, the, the because I, I originally said to, I was watching, I said to Sophie, I said, oh, you know, who are we going to bring on? Are we going to bring on, you know, Thornley and play a left side, a left footed player on the right side of, of a back three? And then well, that's I what I was think, about to I ask. didn't even think about a, a change that would change the system. I was about to all. say that, like Jack with Thornley and Negru, I'm assuming still got something going on injury wise. But if both of those guys are fit, do you try and like Manning likes the balance doesn't he which is why you assume he puts long there in the back three but with Negru Negru and Thornley are both good candidates to get into a back three you'd you'd have thought yeah definitely I guess I guess the the question is if long is out longer term no pun intended um what's our what is our preferred formation is it going back to a four and playing Stevens as a fullback or is it having that that wing back option Negri finally can step in, no problem. Um, yeah, and does that but, depend on like Edwards and Brown, well, their I, fitness and all that other stuff at I, the same time? It does, but I also think it just depends on the team we're playing because we've mixed it. But we you know we've we've flitted from system to system in game, from game to game. I think 
Manning really does treat every game as its own in its in its own right. So I don't think you know just because Long may be injured now for a while, we'll see definitely a three five two or five three two. Have you want to spin it? Going forward, it'll it'll change it depending on the opposition strengths. I think I yeah. think your point about who we're playing is absolutely right. But and may all right, maybe I'm just was just so pleased with Mills's performance. But I would have no issue with us doing more of the four two three one with Mills on that right, Rodriguez, and then probably Bowden because I've got more confidence in Mills, and I think he would. I think he should take a lot from that performance and hopefully push on. But yeah. It is, as we talked about on many pods before, the Edwards and the Brown need yeah, I was gonna say to, play, to play that way more effectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, really good, solid performance. It did feel a bit... It felt so comfortable and quite flat second half. It was it was a very bizarre feeling being in the away stand with it. I can't. I don't know. It just felt quite strange, but we always felt like we needed a second goal just to remove any risk of just a horrible set piece or something coming in. You just was always at the back of our minds. So, ultimate relief when the keeper just messed pushed it in his own net. Yeah, it was just great. Um, Um, The fog started to descend in as well to the point where we were getting flashbacks of that Scunthorpe away game where you couldn't see anything. You're like, oh, the Lino had been kind of having a bit of beef with the fans the whole game. I was just imagining the linesman going, yeah, I can't see the other side, ref. Cancel it. Cancel everything. Um, Luckily, the fog went away. Um, But yeah, really professional defensive display um, needed, needed that result. Not much in terms... like We had a few more chances, didn't we, John, to where there was a few cutbacks and a bit of a scramble where could have really gone anywhere. But, you know, take that. Happy days. Yeah, I think it was one where Lincoln could have played for hours and they wouldn't have scored. Um, it was a away game. And, but, yeah, the, the three, four in defence headed an awful lot away. But they weren't headering, like, you know, under sustained pressure. They were just dealing with what Lincoln were throwing at them, which was just sort of yeah. pretty... Non, non-event football, really. It was quite nice to see the Lincoln fans' reaction on their own Twitter. So, like when the the club posted the full-time result, you kind of look in. But a lot of them were saying, you know, they're in, they're a top two side. They kind of play, they dominated us. They played, you know, we didn't really have a sniff. Da 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 da. It was all good stuff, and most of them were quite humble in defeat, whilst also being a little bit pissed off about how direct they had to. They kept being and pers- persisting with it, but I, was, I love, I like seeing that kind of response from opposition fans, where they're kind of looking at us and going. And you have to remember, if Lincoln had won that, there's like not many points between the two sides. They would have had 25 points, and we would have had 29. You know, four points difference type thing. It, it wasn't a big swing. I, so I they would ha- have been if Lincoln had had some something more up top. I'd have been interested because it would have then suddenly become a very quite similar scenario to the Wigan game. Yeah. Playing a team playing a very similar way. But Wigan's strikers were actually a lot more effective. Um as a result, Lincoln were just punting into nothing. And we were a lot better and a lot and Brannigan made a difference. Um and I wouldn't dig McEachran out for what he's done in his performances, but yeah, he Brannigan offers a different yeah. something in midfield that means we're not as predictable in midfield. He seems on it this season, doesn't he, Brannigan? Yeah. Like we've had a we've had a the odd time where he kind of fades away 
and blends in too much to things but it seems like his presence is making a big a big difference especially to McGuane's game as well I just I just think he's not he's been given a role in team where it's like you're not the main man like not anymore but like there's four or five main men in the midfield and you're just part of the system and I think that's getting a better way of playing out of him yeah positionally both him and McGuane are extremely intelligent the way they move in between lines and in between players, even if they know that they're only going to receive the ball for a one-touch bounce pass um, or the opportunity to turn. I think you look at McGuane, he's the player that turns more in midfield spaces than Brannigan, but the way they operate to find space is, honestly, it's it's a joy to watch. When it's, I think you notice it more when, when I, like for example, when I'm not at a game, which is not very often. Um, yeah, John. <laughs> When I watch it on TV, you notice it more because you have that kind of well, high advantage point, I suppose, if you sat in the South Stand Up, you'd probably see it really well at the Kassam. But, you know, you can see it on TV when you see the movement that the two the two do. It's it's fantastic. And I think they've kind of been given that that free reign to do that. And I, I they've been a joy to watch both of them this season. And it's great that, that Brannigan had 90 minutes in his legs yesterday because I really did not think he'd bounce back this quickly, to be fair, from his from his illness. So... You know that's 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 only a positive thing. Yeah, they all, um, they all looked fit last night in terms of more of a, a general point. Like, I mean, Harris was only yeah. really right at the end of ninety minutes. Did he pick up some sort of little niggle? But he's still moving, and actually, still comes back to it. Just was weird how clearly there was something there was an issue, and it was never really acknowledged a few games ago. Yeah, so I I often I think as well. We have a bit of a blip where we didn't win in three, but suddenly when you look at the last six and we've won three, drawn two, lost one, it doesn't look, it doesn't feel as bad. No. <laughs> Does it? No. It's barely even a blip. So, and it, it was great to get that win going into a period of kind of cup, a couple of cup games ahead of Orient, right? Yeah, so, felt massive to stay in that top two. Um, Bolton, obviously, um, game in hand on us and three points behind and seemed to be picking picking things up a bit, but. Um, yeah. What about League One, Jack? What's taken your taking your fancy? There's just a few odd results going on, really. Like, so I'll talk about Derby as I went there last night. Like, their fan base has been like worn out, worn this. He's useless. Get him out. But after winning last night, they're now two points off the playoffs with a game in hand. So they're hardly writing their season off. Yeah, Bolton have picked up, like you say. I always thought they'd be in and amongst it. Um, I hadn't clocked they'd got a game in hand on us either, actually. Yeah. So I'm not sure when that gets played. Peterborough are unbeaten in a few Yeah, as Peterborough well, have they? quietly kind of and snuck, snuck back against it. And Barnsley, who were wanting their manager sacked after we played them, have, you know, got into the top six oh. quite comfortably, really. They were losing to Fleetwood 2 um, 1 until 80, yeah, the 88th minute on Saturday, which is quite annoying, then equalised. I think it, it really is splitting into a kind of very much a two-half league this season. Um, the yeah. bottom four or five are pretty poor. Northampton last night were terrible. Um, that being said, Good. I, just, I, I know Fle- Fleetwood are currently two up against Blackpool, which is blowing my mind. Um, so, yeah, there's just fun, there's just funny results, but that's what this league's like, isn't it? It's the, the stereotypical anyone can beat anyone at times, and we just need to look after ourselves, really. This ten days into Orient would be quite nice to rest up some of the players who played every week and get the fringe players some minutes in their legs. One of the best things about the league table at the moment is that Cheltenham Town 
who couldn't score for 7,000 games are now above Reading. (laughs) (laughs) Which is excellent. Um, I can't work out whether to feel sorry for Reading. It's quite a strange feeling. Uh, You have to to feel sorry for them in terms of what's happening off the pitch for the fan base. I'm sorry, no matter who they are. If this was Swindon that were in this predicament, I would feel the same way. You don't want a club to be governed I'm sorry, John. I see your face, but I'm sorry. <laughs> you, 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 you don't want a club to be governed in a way that is affecting the fan base so significantly, and totally disregarding his responsibilities to his football club, the local community, and anyone involved with Reading. Um, have, you, have you been enjoying the, the Sheffield point? Sheffield Wednesday guy it's the same, asking it's the, the same fans situation to pay the tax bill, and then coming out today saying there's no problem today. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. These people shouldn't be allowed to run football clubs. They shouldn't be allowed anywhere near them. Um, yeah, that's you know, whole football clubs are more than just businesses. You know, they're they cultural institutions. Well, the, 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 the fact the, they're being put tear down by these types of people is a fucking farce, to be honest. The slightly good news for Redden is that the egomaniac who has tried to take them over is now pulled out, so they're they're saved from someone even worse. But um, yeah, it's not Mike a good Ashley's situation. The, yeah, Mike Ashley's in the. Uh, in the fold, so so I've been hearing. So I don't really. That's kind of a lesser of two evils, isn't it? Really, if Mike Ashley. But hmm. anyway, it's still it's still amusing that we're in the bottom of the league, but not I mean, not for the reasons you know for their footballing reasons. It's amusing, but not for what's happening off the pitch. I've, I've never been in this school of thought that you want your like rivals to like get be liquidated, ex- liquidated and yeah, be extinct. Yeah, yeah. So you just want them to like have spells where they're in the league below you. Then, I'd like them to experience the conference, but then have a fully sustainable yeah. club. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, how definitely. I like to feel. You want yeah. you want to play your right like this <laughs> like every. You want to play like, them though. Yeah, yeah I'll play them. The I, I want to relegate them and then not play them for twenty <laughs> years because they're in the conference south. I think you want to play them a couple of times, two or three seasons in a row. So, like we have did with Swindon fairly recently, and then they like go down and we don't see them again for five years, and then that makes the derbies even more special. Like, agree. Yeah. That's, that's the optimum. You um, know what ended up happening though? Redden will end up beating us <laughs> when we play them. They haven't won in like nine games and then they'll beat us. So don't, when, don't want to make it happen too much. When you look at the league table, so obviously in second, three points behind Pompey, who again, they were two, speaking of Redding, they were two, Redding were 2 0 up, weren't they? Um, playing Pompey it's the other Pompey, day. Yeah. And Pompey yeah. came back 3 2. But um, have you seen that graph that I posted in the notes that I think um, Tim, what's his name, puts it on Twitter after every game? And it's basically tracking the projection of automatic promotion and everything else. It keeps getting in my head, that it's graph. It's beautiful, but so scary. It's very scary. Um, I just like that the current trajectory is uh, above that blue line, which is the points predicted for automatic promotion. Autos, yeah. So at the moment, it's looking it's looking good. You know, that we... As they say, and as Manning would say, can't get ahead of ourselves. But um, you know, we we obviously all don't laugh get too ahead high. of ourselves. He, he, I swear, in his interview, Eddie, he had a little. He did. He laughed. He sniggered afterwards. He he was like, this is getting cheesy now. I can't stop saying it. Yeah, he so must like, listen to the pod. He, <laughs> Liam, he also thanks for listening. Uh, I wonder how many times he said the word "terrific" at the end of this oh, interview terrific. as well. It was plenty of times. I'm. I think it, I've started terrific. using "terrific" in my own vocab now because of Manning. Tr- Terrific. Terrific. T R I F F I K. Terrific. 
Right, games coming up, and then we'll have a quick chat about Orion. But we've got Maidenhead. John, in your quest to go to all the games, I expect you at Maidenhead. Yeah, yeah me, cool. and, me and Alan Devonshire will be there. Excellent. Okay. Maidenhead have sold 450 tickets so far, but they will be able to get tickets on the day. Connor, will you be there? No. No, that's <laughs> fine. What a surprise. <laughs> when is it? Is it Saturday? Yeah. Saturday, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going, uh, got, and other, got other commitments actually that were made before the main head game. So, all right. Sorry, didn't ask for your life story, pal. The um, are they? <laughs> they're in <laughs> the. Co- are they in the? Co- are they in the conference? Yeah, they are. I, they were next to um, York and Oxford City, weren't they? At the bottom, they've won once in fourteen games in the conference, and that was last week. Oh, oh okay. Connor is Odonka going to start? Do you reckon, or is it get Harris a hat trick time? What would you do? It's interesting, though, isn't it? What yeah, do you do? that's actually a tough question. Um, I, I think, given given the way, mm, do you know? What, actually, I think because it, it's FA Cup, I think it's Harris all day long, and I think it's Odonka against Chelsea in the twenty ones. If you start Harris, though, he doesn't score. You'll get Neil call up oh, Radio Oxford going. Be. Well, he can't even score against Maidenhead. Oh. Yeah, but you get but you get a Neil every bloody week anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. If he scores a hat trick, you probably still get someone going. Why doesn't he do that in the league? So it's it's the I, same story every week, isn't it? That with, Neil guy is absolutely fabulous. We should get him on the pod for the hundredth episode, along with Michaela Strachan. <laughs> yes, um, this is coming together now. Finally, we've got an, an <laughs> got agenda. A plan. I feel like we're not going to do another pod for about a year because we're well, not we be able to plan. Definitely try. Yeah. yeah, great. Someone as a guest. Um, Who's the greatest ever Yorkshireman to play for Oxford United? That could be a uh... Scars, Joe Scars. Yeah, That's not yeah. his name. His name is Scars. It's not Scars. Joe Scar Cable. Not Scars. S K A R T. It's about time I call you out for this. It's a joke, John. James, rather. It's not how you pronounce it. I'm digging at John even without him saying anything. So we've got the pizza. I don't even remember how we're doing in the pizza trophy. Didn't we beat Northampton? One one last one. Who did we lose to? MK. MK, and then we've got who have we got? Chelsea. It's always Chelsea under twenty ones, isn't it? Is that yeah. who it is? Yeah, okay, every year. Um, then we got Leighton Orient. They are unbeaten in a few games. They've had a bit of an indifferent start. So they won their. They drawn their last three. Um, they've got a lovely five 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 in their one draw and lost. Uh, it, do, it does look nice. Yeah, yeah. results. Going, Rees, they've drawn with that one. Yeah, I'll be there as well. Quite excited about it. Ah, oh, brilliant. I haven't been there since the um, 2-2, where we were 2-0 up, and then they equalised in like the 90, 91st minute or something. Um, they had that Jot. lad playing for him who's at, um, is it Palmer, who's at Wrexham now? The big lad, Ollie, Ollie Palmer. Palmer, yeah. Ollie Palmer, Palmer, yeah. But it's Jordan Graham got ago. sent off, didn't he, for two Daffyellos. And speaking of Jordan Graham, he's Thanks. now... Yeah, got four assists for them this season. But he's just done his ACL, so he's out for the season. Ah, classic oh. Jordan Graham. Alongside Dan Adji. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. They've John, got... are you going to this one? Yep. <coughs> Joe, Joe Piggott. Anyone want to say anything about Joe? Oink. Did Joe Pig- <laughs> Where did he go from? Did Joe Piggott go from... Was it Wimbledon? And Ipswich, then went to Ipswich. 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 And then into yeah. our heads for quite a long time. Yeah. Never quite remember where he goes. Um, anyway, yeah. So they've drawn with Barnsley, then drew away with Northampton, drew with Burton away. Don't score a lot of goals. 
um, by the looks of it. Scored half the amount that we have, basically, I think it was. I might be making that up, but I think that's what I saw last night. Um, yeah. Jack, you feeling good about this? Have we played them there since that 2 all? Was I, that know, I don't think time? we have. I was just thinking that. Um, yeah, relatively good. I, I keep turning this season into blocks of four inadvertently. I think three games ago, four games ago, surprisingly, I said um, it'd be a big test of where we're at coming through Blackpool, Wigan, Wickham, Lincoln. When you actually look at our next few fixtures, because Pomp is off. Um, with the yeah, Bolton, Chelten- Cheltenham's Bolton. next, isn't it? Yeah, Chelten- Cheltenham away, which is always an interesting one. And then Bolton, Peterborough back to back, given what we just said about how the league table's shaping up. It feels like another four where you then assess where we're at and you, you can, if we're really in the mix or whether we might be looking behind us or not. So It, it does feel like Orient and Cheltenham then are big. Yeah, you want, you want to get yeah points on the board ahead of that Bolton game. And you want to get, again, we've got this gap now in a sense, but we want to, if we, if we beat Orient, you've got a two-week break before Cheltenham again. You don't want to be lingering around on a loss again, do you? So Yeah, and just on that Bolton's game in hands-on when we play in the Papa Pizza Pot thing. Special, so. yeah. Um, oh, God, Bolton, that's going to... I actually was quite glad that Pompey game was... <laughs> was taken. I don't think I could handle the stress at the moment. Um, but it's going to come at some point, isn't it? It reminds. I think the feeling would be a bit like if it was a Tuesday night. It would feel a bit like the Luton type scenario when we're in the conference. I think it's already getting that way in my head, I'm building it up. Um. Okay. Cool. Any departing anecdotes, boys? We've just over an hour. Not too bad. Feels like we got quite a lot crammed, quite a lot in today. I think we've done all right. How would you rate it, Connor? Out of ten? Oh, it's a, it's a solid nine and a half out of ten for today. Definitely. These, these podcasts are always Humble. fantastic. Oh, they're brilliant. Honestly, where else would you get your OUFC content from? Honestly, I'll clip this and I'll just put it into the thing. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get yeah. abuse from Happily. everyone. Happily, I'll take it. Okay. Um, great stuff, guys. All around. Yeah, well done. Great stuff, everyone. Well done. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, have a good week. Take care of yourself and we'll see you for our 100th episode in about six years' time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>